This is the Lead Well Podcast. Welcome to the Lead Well Podcast, where we're talking all things leadership, talent, and culture. I'm your host, Chris Hodnett. I've got Missy Darden with me in the background today, helping produce this episode. And our special guest today is operator Tiffany Burgess of Montrose Crossing FSR in Rockville, Maryland. Tiffany, how's it going? Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's going great. It's good. It's good as it can go. Awesome. And Tiffany, always a friend of Leadwell, has helped us out both live and on the site and now here on the podcast. Excited to have you. And you're not alone. You've got a special guest with you today. Who did you bring? Oh, yes. I'm not alone. I travel in packs. I have an amazing um, manager that leads my training department in my restaurant. Her name is Ashley Cosio. And Ashley has been with me for eight years, and she's like another daughter to me. I have two, and she makes the third one. Um, so she's she's a great leader and great with what she did. Awesome. Well, welcome, Ashley. We're excited to have you on the Lead Well podcast today. And today's topic is training. So we will get into that topic. I'm excited to hear uh, what's going on up there in Maryland with training. Um, but I do have a quick question. I always like to ask our our operators, and Ashley, I'll ask this to you today as well. But Tiffany, I'd love to know a little bit about your background and how you got into Chick-fil-A. Well, um, my story is definitely uh, not anything to write home about. I, I don't. I always like to say I don't really have a good Chick-fil-A story, but um, I come from corporate America, and um, my back, my background, my passion is um, children and 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 uh, education. A part of my um, education is in education, and so I I um own several uh, several daycare centers and. I decided I wanted to franchise them, and through that experience, I stumbled across Chick-fil-A. Um, and um, and I think maybe in some article I was reading or something online I was reading, and I like to say the rest is history. I, I, the Chick-fil-A's uh, aligned with my vision for my franchise, and I said, hey, this is more palatable from a cost perspective. And um, I went all in, and eight years later, I'm here. Very cool. Ashley, how about you? What's your background, and how did you get into Chick-fil-A eight years ago? All right, so that's actually a funny story. Um, I was just 17 when I first started with Chick-fil-A. Uh, I was still in high school. It was a senior year. I had trouble finding jobs because not a lot of places want to hire a teenager, and I just want something part-time. And then my career counselor in high school, she emailed everybody, all the seniors, like, hey, just Chick-fil-A is opening up. So you should guys apply. And at the time, it's like, I didn't really go to Chick-fil-A much because not really a lot in the area. So it's like, okay, I'll try it. I, maybe I heard if it may have it, and I'll just try it and just um, go ahead and apply. So I went applied. It was actually pretty interesting because of the fact that um, we're just I was in the trailer and um, it was you know it was like it was really interesting. I didn't expect to be in a trailer. I knew I understand it was like not open. It wasn't open yet, but it was really a unique experience. And then just hopped in and just I fell in love with it since. That's terrific. I'm I am certain. There are a lot of Chick-fil-A operators whose career started in those grand opening trailers that are sitting on site of a new restaurant. So you are not alone there. Um, well, y'all, so this has been the year of the labor shortage, and we are going to talk training, but I, I, I absolutely want to ask, uh, how's it going? How's the talent situation going as far as getting people in the door and then keeping your great talent? How's it going? 
You know, Chris, that's a really, really great question. Um, and throughout the organization, operators are experiencing different things. Um, at um, at my restaurant currently, we, we have availability for about 25 people. We did experience some really good, healthy attrition with my mid-level leadership, um, where these people have been with me for four, five, six years, and they graduated from college, and the operator track was just not for them. Um, so they went on to do other things, and, and that's really good, healthy attrition. However, yes, the labor shortage um, hasn't impacted us where operationally we have to um, make different choices, but we definitely feel the pinch during rush hours, uh, early morning, looking for more adult um, um, laborers, and we can't find because really right now people have identified a different way of living um, with less, and um, it's, it's created a challenge with obviously minimum wage and just, you know, we are definitely experiencing the pinch, but um, with good culture, good training, um, we've, I like to say that we've been pretty, pretty stable. We, Like I said, we haven't had to cut operations at all. Um, and so I think that it's a tribute to our culture and um, our training. Well, speaking of training, let's let's go right into it. Talk to me about training at Montrose Crossing. Tell me your your strategy. What like why are you such a big believer in a great training plan? So, um, you know. When things like what we're experiencing as operators happen, Chris, typically training is the first to go. That's the first line item that typically is the easiest to just get rid of and just save some money. But we are committed um, to not allow that to happen. And even if it hurts the bottom line, we know that team members, and especially in these days, they want to feel cared for. And training is how team members feel cared for. Um, when you take different surveys, like the team member engagement survey, things like that, um, just the data out there really points to that money is not the driving factor. A lot of times it's just, you know, um, a social presence in the community and also just feeling like they know what they're doing and that they have a place in your organization. And so we feel strongly that training really aligns people with our expectations of them and it really makes them feel like they have a place within our organization that they can confidently serve our guests with care. Ashley, talk to me a little bit about your role and uh, and, and how you play a role in the training strategy. Yes. So um, I'm the training manager here at Chick-fil-A Montrose Crossing. Um, I'm the one who manages all training when it comes to like um, revising training plan with the HR director, um, creating the pathway training programs and making sure all the front of house and back of house training is done. Um, and I also, my other role here is to pull experience where I actually make a house part of culture to make sure each and, each and every employee or is, has, their, has a really good experience here at our Chick-fil-A. Employee experience. That's a, that's a really uh, cool way to, to phrase that. How, about how much of your time on, a, on any given uh, week do you think that you spend focused on training, focused on employee experience versus spending time in the operation? So, yes, um, I spend um, and probably an equal amount of time in operation and also in training and employee experience because the best way to know 
how to train people and how to figure out what's going with the police is actually be in operation. So I'm in operation. I'm just observing what everyone's doing and how what I can make changes to training or the play experience. Ashley, I'd love to ask you a follow-up question. Thinking about your role as a training manager, can you walk us through the steps of once somebody's been selected at Montrose Crossing and they've been hired as a team member, what does the timeline look like from the point of hire through onboarding to the point where you say, all right, this person can now add value to our restaurant? How does that look? What does that timing look like? Yes. So by the time they're hired and they're onboarded, it would probably be about um, seven to eight weeks, depending on if they're 15 years old or six or or 16 years old or above. But usually we're trying to do around seven, eight weeks, which includes the first week of um, orientation and ordering uniforms. And then we have about our six week training for um which also you know includes pathway and over and training and operation tiffany is there anything you'd like to add in here like where where do you uniquely insert yourself into this training timeline from hire to onboarding training and then a team member that's adding value yes so i am i am like a uh um a sneak peek so I'll, i'll jump in and jump out as necessary um oftentimes i'll do interviews um, so they can get a sense of my culture just based on my personality and how I come across in the interview. Um, and then I also um, will be engaged in orientation and then definitely um, in and out of training, just, just doing what I call spot checks. So I'll see a new team member and welcome them and, and I'll give them like a little quiz and say, hey, so you're on shakes today and um, how many how many ounces should this be? Um, so um, they are they're able to get close to me and and still feel my energy after the interview, um, and also I get to see and track um, how training is going just based on those touch points that I have with them, um, and just I like to also touch point with them just to see if what I promise them um, still exists. Uh, we do have an employee value proposition, and we really, really strongly um, feel like we have to stay true to what we promise our team. And so I always like to check in. And one of the things really quick that we promise them is just the, their scheduling, making sure they get their schedule on time. It seems simple, but a team member's schedule, specifically if they're under 21, it's almost equivalent to their cell phones. It's that important to them. And so just understanding and feeling that they won't be blindsided with having to work 1030 when we, they told us that they have to get off at nine or that they were only available two Saturdays out of the month and then we end up scheduling them three Saturdays out of the month. That is very, very important to culture, very, very important to longevity of your team, how long they stay, how important they feel to you. So those check-ins for me helps me align if there's anything that's happening that shouldn't be happening. And then sometimes it's happening and my leaders just don't know. Um, and so that's why I check in because um, my directors and my leaders may need to readjust something that they're not, then they don't have, um, they don't understand that they're doing. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, we're passionate about it. Um, and um, we, we have gotten great results as a result. All right, I'm going to throw it to Missy. I think Missy's got a question or two for you. 
Yeah. Thank you both so much. This is really rich conversation. Um, along with training y'all are really, it sounds very passionate around culture and Ashley, I'm curious. And Tiffany, of course, feel free to jump in if you would be willing to share some examples of employee experiences that you work to create in your restaurant and the impacts of those experiences. Yes. So we do our hire day anniversaries starting with one year and so forth. And we just kind of celebrate the day that they were hired. And it's been many instances where people are like tears of joy because sometimes they, in their past lives, they haven't really, you know, kept a job. They really like the job. But the fact that they've been here for a whole year, like that, it gets people tears of joy knowing that we appreciate them for, you know, that they're here and we want to celebrate every success that they have here. I think Ashley is being really, really modest. Ashley created an entire employee experience system and process. She has um, employee, the yearly service is literally not the only. We have about, Ashley, correct me if I'm wrong, about 15 um, different ways we celebrate team members. And we celebrate them through... Um, uh, Ashley, can you go into it a little bit further? The guest shout outs and the, the coming to work on time, the perfect attendance, all of those things we do. Literally, we're like, there are actually sending pictures on our, on our group um, forum every day because so we're celebrating something literally every day for team members. If it's not birthdays, if it's not anniversaries. Um, Ashley, can you go into a little bit more? of what you created and how um, often we celebrate our team? So, yes, we celebrate any little successes here. For example, if you're a new team member or um, you just got promoted and you finished your training, we like to give people certificates um, saying, hey, congrats, you complete your training. You know, you're official here. And um, we always post nice pictures with the management team and the um, person who we're celebrating with onto our group page that we do. Um, And we also do our um, outings every year. We do about one or two outings every year depending on the weather situations um like we do like last like this past summer we went to Hershey Park on a Sunday and it's a great time for us to be together get to know each other better just relax with each other and I, a lot of our um, employees um they they really love it and we also um we do um our incentives program or attention strategy where we celebrate or team members who've done well, like our perfect attendance. So that means you're not late, not even one minute. Like you're here on time every day and you're efficient when you're here working and you're productive. And we like to celebrate everybody. You know, we give them gifts and prizes for just doing really well here. Awesome. So Tiffany, um, I'm curious if you've always had an emphasis on training in your restaurant or if that's something um, that in recent years you just, or even in the just recently, you've determined that it needs to be a focus. Or so, how long have you kind of really focused in on training? Obviously, when I came into becoming an operator, I just knew that I was just going to just take the bull by the horn, and I'm just going to have this robust training program, training system. Because hey, that's what I I was accustomed to, and and until you realize that, um, it's just a little bit different, and it takes time and and um, priority shifts, things fo- focuses shift. So I, coming in, yeah, I just thought that I would be able to create a system um, that would put training to the forefront, but it didn't happen. 
Um, I struggled a lot because I tried to cheat the system. I tried to, I tried to do everything to, um, to just not do it right. You know, just maybe save some money here, save some money there. And, um, I failed. It, it was definitely um, horrible with turnover. Um, it, it was it was not a great experience. Um, I would have to say, for the last two years, we have been on this tr- path of understanding that your team members are are in their training is has to be of, of the utmost importance. Has to be on par with um, customer experience. Um, and now that we have evolved into that type of restaurant, um, we are truly reaping the benefits of our labor. But I will tell you, no, we were always not focused on training and it hurt us. It hurt us really, really bad. But I'm happy to say that um, with the focus on training, it's definitely impacted culture and morale and, and the longevity of our team. And I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Here's what I love about doing these podcasts is that we say that uh, we said we're going to be talking about training and we have done that. But we've also talked about how, Tiffany, like you, you've appointed people like Ashley and empowered them to be dedicated leaders to an area of your restaurant. We've talked about employee value propositions. We've talked about culture. Uh, and that's that's really what uh, that's what Leadwell's here to help facilitate conversations around leadership, talent, and culture. I do have one question, and this is uh, this is going to be different. I normally save this question for last, but I'm going to change it up a little bit. So, Tiffany, I'll start with you. If you got one piece of advice that you could share with operators listening today about their next steps, if they if maybe it's about training, maybe it's about empowering leaders. Um, whatever it is, the floor is yours. What would be your one piece of advice for operators? If there are any operators struggling to maybe transition into a real team member first ideology, um, I would say do the team member engagement survey because I think the best way to learn how to attract, retain, and train good people is just by asking those people you're trying to attract, retain, and train. Ask them what they want. And they will tell you each and every time. And you can't go wrong with that. All right, Ashley, I'm coming to you now. So the majority of people on Leadwell are restaurant leaders. And maybe they've only been in their positions for a couple of months, or maybe they've been in it for eight years. Uh, Regardless, the floor is yours. What is one piece of advice you would offer to restaurant leaders on taking the next step as in regards to training or talent strategy? Yes. So the best thing is just to just take one step at a time because I like who's like for experience or training. So take it in chunks, take like one piece of the restaurant and just try to work on that first and then take your step all the way. Instead of working everything at once, try, don't worry about the speed, don't worry about the timeline. Just focus on one piece piece of the rush at a time when it comes to training or pretty much anything in general. That way you, just, um, you have your 100% focus on that one area and you would definitely see improvements. Thanks, ladies. And that will do it for today's episode. If you're looking to find, develop, and launch top talent, Leadwell is your go-to resource for articles, videos, podcasts, and all other Chick-fil-A operator and third-party expert curated content. If you've got questions, We'll answer them on the podcast. Send those to leadwell at chickfilacom For Tiffany, Ashley, and Missy, I'm Chris Hodnett, and we will talk with you next time. Leadwell shares leadership talent.
talent and culture resources, ideas and tools from franchised operators and third-party experts to inspire franchised operators and their teams to find, develop, and launch top talent. As independent franchisees, Chick-fil-A operators solely determine the employment, leadership, and management practices in their businesses.